Welcome to the Pi Sigma Epsilon podcast, where we bring you a business advantage for life in the time that it takes to walk to class or drive to work. I'm Daniel Schultz, the Collegiate Vice President of PSC and a member of the Epsilon Epsilon chapter at The Ball State University. And I'm Kristen Pearson, the Director of Member Services at the Pi Sigma Epsilon National Headquarters. As we've had a number of experienced guests speaking about various topics on the podcast, we want to ensure that you're able to go out and meet these people in the real world. So today's topic will be about how to navigate career fairs and networking events. This is a very important topic because whether it's a career fair while you're in school or a networking event where you're representing your company, there's a lot to gain from events. And what I wanted to talk about first was what you should do before a networking event. Proper planning is key if you want to be intentional about going to an event instead of wasting your time. The first piece of advice I have is to look up a guest list or company list that will be at the event and do some research on each. This way, you can walk in with confidence and you can eliminate the awkward, ice-breaking conversations about the weather. A great way to start conversations like this would be to say that you were excited to see them on the list because you had a question about something in their industry. This way, it's a warm lead into the conversation, and it's not something they've heard multiple times that day. Another part of going to an event that's encouraged is to have a goal in mind. So whether that's to hand out every business card you have on you or to find five new contacts in your field or potential partners for an upcoming project you're working on, whatever it is, set that goal and don't leave the event until you achieve it. You can even think of this as a game you're playing in your head. This will give you a sense of purpose, which cuts down the uncomfortable strolls around the room, hoping that someone stops you and starts a meaningful conversation. The only way to ensure that that would happen is to take the initiative yourself. If you're a college student, doing your research beforehand is critical. Look up the companies and have an idea in mind of the top companies you're interested in working for, but also note the companies that you don't know anything about. Make it a point to connect with both categories. There are so many companies looking to hire you. And if you don't even know what, what, there are so many companies looking to hire you. But if you don't even know what they do, how can you reasonably rule them out of your job search? The last thing you will need to prepare before any event, if you don't already, is to have your elevator pitch ready. So whether it's a career fair, happy hour networking event, or even seeing your family at Thanksgiving, You always need to anticipate the dreaded, so what do you do, question. And take it from me, having this already planned and put into vocabulary each type of person can understand is a lifesaver. In episode 11 of our podcast, Mike Weinberg walked us through his formula for an effective pitch. I definitely recommend you check that out so you have the phrasing nailed down about your company, organization, or yourself. So now that we have the pre networking event covered. Daniel, what are some recommendations you have for someone that's attending a networking event? Thank you, Kristen. There's many different things that college students and young professionals are able to make use of while they're at these different events and many different things that we want to keep in mind there. One of the most important things at the very beginning is specifically if you're at a career fair, Uh, whether that be at your college or at a conference you have, take a lap first. Make sure you feel for the space that you're in and know where the companies that you want to talk to are because some companies will want to pull people out of the aisles and that could get you off your game if you're really focused and, and focusing on one specific company. So you want to make sure that you know the space that you're working with. Additionally, everybody there is most likely going to be in a suit 
or in a nice dress or a skirt and blouse, but some sort of business professional attire. So you want to find a way that you can differentiate your appearance. It might seem a bit too much catering towards the physical, but that's one of the first things that people will notice about you. One way that this is exemplified is through an ad that a dentistry had where there was a picture of a person with one eyebrow missing and one tooth out. And it said, why is dentistry important? Because you only saw that they had a tooth missing. And that just goes to show how one of the most important things at these types of events is how you look. One of the things that I do is I have a few different tie clips that I inherited from my great grandfather. And one of them is an oil fracking drill. So it's very unique. It's not something that you would see often. I've had friends and known peers that have worn certain brooches or scarves, or they've worn a particular tie that stands out. Maybe it's the shoes that you're wearing. And it's important to find something like that because if you get bogged down in conversation or are having trouble building rapport, it's something that you can fall back on as a fail safe, something that you can discuss. When you're in those conversations, you can't get what you don't ask for. So when you're speaking with recruiters, make sure that you're putting yourself out there. Sometimes they won't know what you want until you tell them. I was able to procure an internship at Gartner as a, as a junior, as opposed to going into the senior year, which they want students to be, because at every single event since my freshman year, I kept going up to the recruiter and making myself known and saying, hey, I'm interested in this position, and here's why I think it would be great and valuable to have me be interviewed for it. And eventually, when maybe it was because I bugged them enough or just because I put myself out there, I got the interview and I was able to take the internship. Kristen, you have something like this that you experienced, right? Yeah, I do. So we were just talking before we started the podcast. And what I, um, how I got my internship before I graduated was I actually created a catered resume for each of the organizations at the career fair that I was interested in working for. So um, in my particular instance, it was a sports career fair. And so I had created different resumes that were appealing to the different sport that I was talking to. I want to say though that um, execution is really key when it comes to this. And because if it's done right, I mean, you could have two job offers waiting in your inbox the next day like I did, or it might look a little too kitschy um, and thrown together. But I think if you really put some thought into it, that this could actually be something that really works out for you in the end. Yeah, just another example of how that works in the real world is I was talking to a recruiter from Eli Lilly and their sales team. And they said that obviously in the medical space, it can be very hard to get a doctor's attention. They've got all the surgeries that they're going to and patients that they have to see. And I was told that one of these salespeople, the reason they got the meeting is because they were working for a shingles medicine and they stapled their business card to a roof shingle. And the doctor emailed them back and said, I don't need to talk about different pills and things. The only reason I'm contacting you is because you've got my attention. You stapled your business card to a shingle. What do you want to tell me about? And they were able to break the ice with that and open up. And that's just another kind of thing you can do with these recruiters. Another thing you want to focus on is don't monopolize time. There are many different recruiters at the event, and there's many different students that they're trying to get to talk to. So even if you may be a very highly qualified candidate, or they may be very interested in you, you want to be respectful of the fact that there are many different people that they want to interact with, as well as people that want to interact with them. So a good thing could be to just give them your business card and make sure that you're reaching out to them and staying connected in those future events. And speaking of staying connected afterwards, do you have any insights about how they could work with recruiters during that conversation and after the career fair? Yeah, for sure. So 
one thing that I like to do when I go to events, um, and this is, and this extends beyond just a career fair. Whenever I'm given a business card, I like to walk away after the conversation and write a little note on it. So maybe it's something we talked about and um, was something that was personal for me. So maybe you have the same alma mater or something else that they can remember you by. I write it down on the business card. And then when I'm following up after, I always refer to that. So then they know who they're talking about and they can put a face to my name. With that, it is extremely important to always follow up after a networking event. Whether this is on LinkedIn or a personal message, if you do have their email, this is where you would include that fact and continue the conversation offline. So the most important thing about these events is that the conversation continues and the relationship builds afterwards. Otherwise, it wasn't a really good use of your time. Kind of going back to when you're talking to someone though, the one thing I want to I want to bring up is to be present in those conversations. So keep your eye contact and be confident with the conversation that you're having. You know, whether you're nervous, excited, or you just don't want to be there, the other person can tell. So when you're talking to them, keep an eye contact, keep a smile on their face, and just be excited about where you are and the conversation that you're having. And with that. Once you're having that conversation with them, making the eye contact, when you approach a situation or you approach someone to talk to at different events, it can be important to make sure that you're not dropping into a conversation that someone doesn't want you to. And you also want to recognize the opportunities where you are able to go up to that. And one of the ways you can do that is looking at the direction that people have positioned themselves. If they're closed off or facing each other in a group of two or three or more, and they have a closed shape, that's going to signify that they are having a conversation that they don't want someone to jump in on. But if you have, say, three people that are standing in sort of a semicircle, it would signify the fact that they are open to accepting new people into the conversation. And that would be a point where you can introduce yourself and then continue that. Um, And once you have that conversation, maintaining that eye contact, but ensuring that you don't step into something where you're not welcome. Yeah, that's extremely important. And as someone that goes to a lot of conferences, you can pick it up and you can see these shapes like a semicircle really easily if you're looking for it. So basically, if there's room for you to walk in and join the conversation, then they're inviting you in. So I love that tip. I think that's a really good one. And then the one thing that actually took me some time to learn was how to exit conversations gracefully. Sometimes you're at a career fair or a networking event and the conversation's gone on a little too long. You know, maybe there's only 15 minutes left in the event and you really haven't moved around the room as much as you would have liked. So some good ways that I've learned to exit a conversation is bring up whatever you were talking about and say, make sure you let me know how that goes. I would love to hear how it works out. Here's my card. And then you kind of have that out. And the other thing, which is something that I kind of lean on a lot is, oh, have you seen anybody from, and then insert the company, insert a different company and say, I've been meaning to talk to them. And then you can kind of look around the room and make your exit in a polite manner because you don't want the person that you're talking to, to feel like they're in your way or that you're distracted and looking around Um, while they're trying to tell you about themselves. So I think that there's always a point of conclusion in conversations, especially at events like this. So it's something that everybody really needs to know. If you found something helpful today, be sure to subscribe to the Your Business Advantage for Life podcast for more helpful conversations.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.